0: What's going on, Packer fans? Happy Packers Game Day. Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Of course, Merry Christmas Eve for those who celebrate. Happy holidays to everyone. But today, also a very important day in Packers Land because it is, in fact, a Packers Game Day. Not exactly a barn burner of a game in Packers Panthers, but it is a Packers game, and there could be precious few of these left on the season. In fact, you're only guaranteed three more, including this game. We'll see if they can continue their push into a playoff berth and maybe continue to play, uh, you know, past those uh, remaining three games. But if they want to do that, they're going to have to pick up this game against the Panthers if they want to keep those playoff hopes alive. Before we get into our keys to the game and final predictions and everything like that, I wanted to start with some roster moves from Saturday. Only two moves. There were no updates on injury designations. There were no transactions made, meaning they added someone to the 53-man roster, took someone off, just two elevations from the practice squad. Those two players, wide receiver Bo Melton and safety Benny Sapp the Be- third. Before we get to what that means, because I think we can glean some interesting things from those elevations, I just want to say there was a play on tape from Bo Melton at wide receiver this past game, and he took off the line of scrimmage. I had to do a double take. I did because it was at the bottom of the screen on the all 22 and he took off. And I'm like, who is running at wide receiver at that pace? It, he is fast. He is really, really quick. At the, I did, like I said, I didn't do a double take and double check who it was. It was Bo Melton. He didn't make like a play on it or anything like that. It was just the speed at which he ran with. I was really impressed. It it literally stood off the tape. I literally had to go and check who the heck that was running the route for a second. And like I said, it was Bo Melton. So I, I'm just kind of keeping my eye on him a little bit. But what did those elevations mean? Again, Bo Melton and Benny Sass being activated to the roster for game day. The first thing that we can glean from the elevations is that Kenyon Drake was not activated, and that would seemingly be very good news for A.J. Dillon. Now, Aaron Jones already was no longer on the injury report with any designation. We know Patrick Taylor's good to go, but if Dillon was not, you can almost assuredly say that they would have brought up Kenyon Drake in some capacity to be ready for this game. With no Kenyon Drake, you can make the assumption that Dillon, Jones, and Taylor are all going to be good to go. Now, what capacity... You know, that Dylan and Jones can play in is going to remain to be seen. They might both be on some sort of snap count, but the great news is you have both of them in some capacity. At least you would assume so, based on the fact that Kenyon Drake did not get called up for the game. Now, they only activated one wide receiver, again, that being Bo Melton. I would assume that this is at minimum very good news for Dontavian Wicks, who I would say is probably closer to probable. He did practice. It doesn't seem like there's any real threat of him missing this game. He is officially questionable uh, on the injury report. But assuming Wicks is good to go, you have Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, Bo Melton, Samore Toure, and Malik Keith still. So they still have five wide receivers. So I can't say that we can glean for sure that, oh, Jaden Reed's going to be available because they only called up one. If Wicks and Reed and Watson were all not available, I would have assumed that they would have called up, you know, Grant DuBose in some capacity as well, but they didn't. And I'm assuming they want at least five wide receivers active. So all I can probably tell you is that we know Dobbs, Melton, Touré, and Heath are available. I would assume the fact that they only called up one wide receiver is at least telling us that Dontavian Savian Wicks is going to go. What that means for Jaden Reed is going to be tougher to say. He did not practice on Friday. And meanwhile, I think we can safely assume that Christian Watson being doubtful will not play in this particular game. It could potentially also mean some bad news for Rudy Ford. Not necessarily. It's possible that Ford's you know, still could play in this game. But the fact that they felt the need to bring up a safety could mean that they were getting a little bit thin there. Remember, Darnell Savage is already out for this game. If Rudy Ford is unable to go, I would expect it to be, you know, some combination of probably Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson Jr. as the starters. They still had Zane Anderson as a backup, but they didn't have anyone else after that. So calling up Benny Sapp would give them some insurance. Even if they are activating, or I should say like not making Rudy Ford inactive, I still think they probably want a little extra depth there, so I won't go as far to say for sure Rudy Ford's going to be out, but that could indicate that maybe he's not 100% or they at least wanted a little bit of extra depth there just in case. Some good news for TJ Slayton, probably, if TJ Slayton, who is also questionable in this game, was unable to go, I can almost assure you they would have brought up a fifth defensive lineman. It would have been borderline criminal to go into this game with only four defensive linemen, meaning Clark, Wyatt, and then, of course, the two rookies in Brooks and Wooden. There's no way that you can go with just those four. So I would say that that's pretty safe to assume that TJ Slayton's going to go in this game. They also did not elevate a corner. Now, once again, we can't say for sure what this means for Robert Rochelle or Jair Alexander because technically they would still have five corners available, even if both of them are inactive. You know, they still would have Carrington Valentine, Eric Stokes, Keyshawn Nixon, Corey Valentine, and David Long Jr. So they still have five. So we can't say anything for sure. But I would think that maybe at least one of those guys plays, Robert Rochelle did practice as did Jair. The hope, of course, fingers crossed, is that Jair is able to play in this one. But corner, we're probably going to have to wait a little bit more towards that 1030 AM Central Time uh, inactive list unless we get a report earlier that Jair is actually going to play in the game. And then the other big thing that we learned with no other roster moves is that Luke Tanuda and Emmanuel Wilson, who were both still on IR, they were they were able to practice. They opened the practice window, but in order to play, they would have had to have been taken off of IR and put on the active 53-man roster. Neither of those activations were made. So even though they were quote-unquote doubtful for the game, they are now officially out because Green Bay cannot activate them in time. So Emmanuel Wilson and Luke Tanuda will be out for this one. So just to recap the official Injury report from the other day. We already knew Devondre Campbell, Luke Musgrave um, are going to be out for this particular game. Um, And then you had doubtful Luke Tenuda and Emmanuel Wilson, who we know now are going to be out. Uh, Doubtful also was Christian Watson. Doubt that he's going to play. Literally doubt it. Uh, You had questionable Jaden Reed, who did not practice. That was the only questionable player who did not practice in any capacity. Uh, we'll see if he's able to go. I think that's one of the big question marks. And then the questionable players who were limited, I think AJ Dillon, Robert Rochelle, TJ Slayton, and Dontavian Wicks are probably trending well. Jair Alexander, the big question mark there. Overall, the two big players I think you want to monitor when it comes to the you know final inactives list. Jaden Reed and Jair Alexander. I think those are the two actual question marks headed into this game. I think based on the tea leaves we just went through, you can glean certain things. The ones that are really hard to figure out are Jair Alexander and Jaden Reed. I think hopefully both are able to go, but your guess is as good as mine if either of them actually suit up for this particular game. All right, let's get into right away our keys to the game. There are 10 of them this week, and then I will give my final prediction. Number one, and let me just say, I know this is a lot to ask of the Packers defense, but do not give Bryce Young easy reads in this game. Do not make Bryce Young just have pitch and catch. That is the one thing he can do well. If you give him easy reads and it's just there, he can be a very accurate quarterback. Go back to his college tape, go back to when he has time in the pocket. And when you give him an easy read, listen, I don't care what NFL quarterback you are. If you're allowing what Baker Mayfield got to see this past week with just easy... Three or five step drops, a guy wide open, eight yards down the field, boop, easy completion. Guess what? Bryce Young can look very good in those situations as well. So, number one on my list this week, this is not a quarterback that has the ability to read the entire field at this point. This is not a quarterback that can go through three or four progressions. This is a quarterback who is reading half the field, going through one or two. Usually the pockets breaking down. He's looking to bounce, and you're going to get him off his spot, and you're going to have the ability to create chaos and maybe even turnovers. But if you play your normal vanilla bleep brand of offense or defense and allow him to dink and dunk you, he can do that. He has the arm the arm accuracy to pick you apart if you give him easy options. So please, I'm not asking for much this Christmas. Just not a ton of easy throws for Bryce Young. All I ask, just that one simple thing. Challenge him. Make him go through progressions, make him go through reads. Don't give him that easy look. Adam Thielen has specifically been a Packers killer in his time in Minnesota. That's usually his number one go-to. Don't let him have those free releases and those easy completions to Thielen or anyone. Challenge those guys. Make it difficult for Bryce Young, and you're probably going to end with a pretty good day. If you don't, and you do the same thing you always do, guess what? You probably got a ball game, and you probably have another reason why Green Bay needs to go in another direction at defensive coordinator this offseason. We'll see what happens. Number two. This is a great stat per Zach Cruz, so I'm just making this my number two, and I'm just going to wholeheartedly steal it from him, but he did post it on Twitter, so I feel like it's fair game at this point. This is his his great uh, research here. The Panthers are 0-12 when allowing 14 or more points. They are 0-9 when they turn over the ball at least once, and they are 0-5 with an average loss of 18.2 points when they have two or more turnovers. So I get that it's lame and cliche and easy to just say win the turnover battle, duh, we know that we get it. But this Carolina Panthers team is incapable of overcoming that type of deficit, like any turnover deficit. They're just that bad. So A, get one turnover. B, get 14 or more points. They are 0-12 when you do that. This Carolina defense is good. They are legitimately a good defense. They have a lot of talent on it, a lot of high-end draft picks. We're going to talk about two players in particular in just a moment who are going to be, you know, chaos causers. So this is not necessarily easy, but you've got to find a way to put up 14 or more points. You've got to find a way to at least win the turnover battle by one. And if you do that against Carolina, you're literally just going to win the game. So as much as we can go over all the X's and O's and mismatches and things like that, with Carolina, it's not too difficult. Don't shoot yourself in the foot, Get win the turnover battle, score 14 points, and you'll fly home with a victory not too difficult, hopefully, for Green Bay. Number three, I do think Green Bay really needs to do a good job of establishing the running game in this one. You've got Jones, you've got Dylan, whatever capacity you have them in. You probably don't, well, we almost surely know that they don't have Christian Watson. We don't know if they're going to have Jaden Reed. They're not going to have Luke Musgrave. You're not going to have some big-time playmakers, and especially if Reed is out too. And that could make things a little bit more difficult. We saw teams, especially New York, condense the field a little bit because they didn't have some of those playmakers. And that's just going to make things a lot more challenging for the Packers offense. You can unchallenge some of that if you can establish the run and really get that going. And that could open up some potential play play action opportunities down the field to hopefully get some of those explosive plays. But I think if this is a repeat of last week against Tampa, where Jordan just has to throw the ball a ton, and after the first drive, you just stop running the football, that's not a great recipe in this one. I think they're going to have to keep a little bit more eye on how they're developing the running game, keep it going throughout the course of the game. Even if they get down, stick with it a little bit more. You can play this game out the way you need to. Carolina is not going to keep putting up points almost assuredly. They're just not the team that they are. So stick with the running game get it going, and then hopefully use some really big time play action plays off of that to get some of those explosive plays that may not be there generally without guys like Musgrave, Christian Watson, and maybe even Jaden Reed in this one. Number four, beware the killer bees, Derek Brown and Brian Burns. Those two guys are game wreckers on defense. Brian Burns has the ability to win fast and Derek Brown has the ability to go right through you. I'm assuming they're going to get Derek Brown matched up on guys like John Runyon Jr., Sean Ryan, and specifically Josh Myers. Myers had a tough game last week against Vita Vea. It does not get necessarily any easier this week against Derek Brown. That is a big-time bully of a football player. He will punch you in the face. He's going to laugh doing it, and he's going to go get your quarterback or stop your running back. Got to have a plan for him and make sure that he's not wreaking havoc in the middle of the offensive line. And the same thing on the edge. Brian Burns wins a different way. Speed, bendability, agility off the edge, relentlessness, and getting to the quarterback. That's another player where we I, Zach Tom, I think, actually matches up pretty well with Brian Burns. We've been talking about Rasheed Walker all week about this past month plus, past five games. He's played much better. He's got a phenomenal pass rush win rate. He does not give up a ton of pressures as a left tackle. That's gonna be tested this week with Brian Burns. I'm assuming they're gonna get Burns going on both sides. Zach Tom and Rashid Walker going to need to be prepared for that speed rush from Burns on the outside. And Derek Brown, Myers, Runyon, and uh, Sean Ryan need to be prepared for that bull rush and that just physicality from Derek Brown on the inside. Limit those two and make sure that they're not wrecking the game and you're gonna have a much easier game overall if you're Green Bay. Hey friends. GameTime is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACADA for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code packaday for $20 off. Oh, and Time is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code packaday. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Number five on the flip side, we need a Rashawn Gary game. Uh, It feels like he's due for another big time performance and just kind of, you know, wrecking the offensive game plan for Carolina. Bryce Young is going to get a little hectic in the pocket. That's just kind of what's going to happen. He's going to drop his eyes. He's going to try to move around. Rashawn needs to have that relentless energy. He needs to get after the quarterback. He needs to win quick. And like, we'll take sacks. No question about it. If you can have a two sack game, that's great. But you'd love to see a sack, sack, you know, force fumble, turnover, something that really gets this defense going. This defense needs a spark. And when your defense needs a spark, more often than not, it needs to come from your best player. And Rashawn is their best player. And they need him to create chaos and they need him to be a playmaker. I really want to see Rashawn take that game over. This has been a rough week for the defense, a rough couple weeks for the defense, rough season for the defense, rough like 10 years for the defense. I'm not saying you're going to fix it all today, but Rashawn go Gary could go a long way in uh, you know, kind of getting things back on the right track and maybe making this a better day than it was a week ago. If he can really establish himself and play his best football. That's going to make things much, much harder for Carolina, much, much easier for Joe Barry and this Packers defense. Number six, this goes back to number one, just a little bit. I don't know. Communicate and align. That was apparently the issue over the past couple of weeks. Communication and alignment. Well, they got to get aligned, right? They got to communicate. They got to get the calls. Then do it. It's week 16. Your playoff lives are on the line. You've got three games left. Communicate, align, I don't have anything else to add. Please communicate. I don't want to hear a thing. If they can't communicate and align, that's on everyone. That's on the coach, the coordinator, the position coaches. Everyone is guilty at that point. I don't want to hear, oh, it uh, actually wasn't the play. call. No. If they can't align and they cannot uh, you know, communicate and execute the way that they're supposed to in week 16, that is on everyone. Cannot happen again. That's all I got to say about that. Number seven, key situations. Last week against Tampa, both on offense and on defense. I thought they really struggled in key situations, third downs, fourth downs, red zone specifically. Those are situations where you need to be at your best. Those are the situations that everyone practices ad nauseum, those in two minute drills. Green Bay has not been great on those the past couple weeks. And that's why when I went over my grades yesterday, I mentioned, hey, they did really good through kind of like the 20s and on a lot of plays, but then when it got to key situations, whether it be those ones I just mentioned, third, fourth, or red zone, then they kind of crapped the bed on both sides and weren't able to either get off the field or weren't able to get seven points at the end of those drives. It's great that you're generating some big plays and you're putting some good stuff on tape, but you have to pay it off when it matters most. Green Bay did not do that against Tampa. They lost because of it. Like outside of those few handful of key situations, they actually played some decent football. But when you have like it, when it matters, it really matters. And Green Bay did not do well in those specific situations. They need to do much better against Carolina this week in those third down, fourth down, red zone opportunities on both sides of the ball. Number eight, do not leave points on the field. And this is a little bit of a special team slash Anders Carlson conversation. I don't care if it's an extra point a field goal, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a fourth and goal from the one inch yard line. You better punch that thing in and get the touchdown. Whatever it might be, you cannot leave points on the board. Carolina can't score. I mentioned it earlier, or at least Zach Cruz did, and I'm stealing it. The Panthers are 0-12 when you score 14 points. When you've got the opportunity to get points, and like I said, even if it's just an extra point, take advantage of it. You don't want to, uh, you know, take those points off the board and keep Carolina hanging around. That's going to, you know, give them what they need to kind of stay in the game. And if Green Bay can just kind of consistently take care of those opportunities. And again, what I mentioned, those key opportunities, third down, fourth down, red zone and making sure that they're making their field goals, extra points, is just going to put more and more pressure on Carolina. And they have not done well with that pressure all throughout the course of the season. Number nine, get Jordan Love in a rhythm early. We have seen Jordan struggle early in games, specifically. And then at some point he kind of settles down, gets into a rhythm and then starts looking like Jordan Love again. I want to see them find a way to get him in that rhythm early. Maybe it's an easy completion. Maybe it's a little bootleg out to the tight end. Maybe you have him do a a read option keeper on the first play. And the reason I say that is it almost feels like when he gets running, and I've talked about this in the past, where he gets a little bit more juice and energy. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he just needs to get hit. Brett Favre always talked about like he just needed to get hit in the game uh, to start feeling like, you know, all right, the game started now. I think maybe it was Troy Aikman who said that too. But whatever it is, Find what he needs to get him in that rhythm early, whether it's an easy completion, a running play, get him hit. I don't care what it is, but get it done so that he's good to go early in this game and you can get this offense off to a strong start. And then number 10, don't give Carolina a reason to have hope. Listen, they got their new you know, interim head coach, Chris Tabor, his first win last week. Awesome. All right. You check that off. This team is three weeks away from blowing the entire organization up from a coaching standpoint and hiring somebody new. And everyone knows like there's going to be a new regime and it's going to be all like they're, they're this close to being completely checked out. If you can go up 14, nothing or something early in this game, it's just that you can probably see that the Panthers start to drop their heads and start thinking about their vacation coming up in a couple weeks. Don't give them reason to have hope. Don't give Caroline an early lead. Don't throw an early pick, like just... Put the foot on the neck and like don't give them any breathing room. If you give them room to, to breathe, and if you give them oxygen, they're gonna take it and maybe they'll the crowd gets excited. It's Christmas Eve or whatever. Who knows? Maybe they like all of a sudden get gain the energy they need to find a way to get an upset. Don't give them that. Just go out and take the game early. Don't give them any reason for hope. And you should be able to mostly go on cruise control from there on out. So those are my top 10, just to recap one more time. Don't give Bryce Young the easy reads follow Zach Cruz's formula for success, score 14 points and win the turnover battle, establish the running game, beware the killer bees, Derek Brown and Brian Burns. You need a Rashawn Gary game, communicate in a line, be better on key situations. Don't leave points on the field, get Jordan Love in rhythm early, and don't give Carolina a reason to have hope. My official prediction in this one, I'm going to predict multiple interceptions for the Packers defense. And I'm predicting a Packers 24 to 13 win in this one. Sending all Packer fans home happy on Christmas Eve. Huge thank you all year for your Pack-A-Day podcast support. It means a ton to me. Thanks for being here today. I know it's a holiday. Uh, Whether you're listening to this on your drive to a loved one's house or whether you're just listening because you love the pot, whatever it might be, maybe you stumbled across it on accident. Whatever it is, I appreciate you a ton. Thanks for all your support year-round. Hope you have a safe and happy holidays. Hope you enjoy your Packers game day. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wayne, John Wilde, Che Bradad, Dad, Arnaldo Espinosa, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Lori Lord, Donald D, Baby QB, and MB1023. I will see you guys tomorrow for a post-game breakdown, but until next time, and as always, go Pack out.